On this episode of the Saltwater Stories, I sit down with Captain Natalie Small, a licensed marriage and family therapist and founder and CEO of the Groundswell Community Project. The Groundswell Community Project is a nonprofit organization providing research-based surf therapy to self-identifying women to support healing from various forms of trauma and its mental health effects. We explore how grief and trauma is held in the body and how movement, specifically in the water through surfing, helps move through that held trauma in the body and the importance of community in dissipating feelings of isolation through the healing process. We touch on Natalie's personal story as a sailor, surfer, and waterwoman. She just recently grounded herself by moving off of her sailboat after over a decade of living on a boat to find roots back in her little surf town in Ocean Beach, California. Natalie is a woman full of wisdom, determination, and passion to share the medicine of surfing. She's accomplished quite a lot in her journey so far, and I'm so excited to see what she continues to ripple out to the saltwater worlds. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Saltwater Stories. Um, we have Captain Natalie Small here from the Groundswell Community Project. Um, and yeah, so welcome. <laughs> and I'll let you take the mic here, but mm. can you tell us a little bit about the Groundswell Community Project? Yeah, um, Groundswell Community Project started in 2016. Uh, we are a nonprofit that provides surf therapy and ocean engagement and ocean relationship for women that are overcoming everything from big T traumas to little T traumas. So depression, anxiety to domestic violence, trafficking, um, eating disorders, recovery. Um, and it's been a journey. And so I'm like, I'm, my background is that, that I'm a marriage and family therapist. Um, and so through studying and getting, being mentored by, um, different individuals within the experiential art therapy field, I started doing art therapy and then recognizing that surfing is an art modality and started incorporating in surfing as one of the therapeutic modalities that we used. And then it just took off. And so that's what Groundswell Community Project is now is surf therapy that's based off of um, like well-known research around how play, art, expression, expression therapy and connection to nature and each other is powerful for healing. Mm, that's super powerful. And what got you into diving away from, because I'm assuming, did you um, have experience kind of out in the clinical setting as a therapist, a family and marriage therapist? Mm -hmm. uh, what, what kind of occurred in regards to that switch? You talked about art, you're using mm -hmm. art modalities and then switched on to surfing. Yeah. Can you talk us through kind of that shift into going into surf therapy? Yeah. Um, so as a, in my master's program for MFT, there was like one class, one book in one class, not even a book. It was like a chapter, a paragraph mm -hmm. in one of the books that touched on expressive arts therapy and art therapy. And so I didn't really like click that that was something that existed. And so I started doing my internships, my practicum, just doing traditional talk therapy and just felt like there was this wall, this barrier that kept on coming up within the healing process of you can only talk about something so much. Yeah. And so it felt kind of cyclical and kind of stuck. And I was like, maybe I'm just not a good therapist. And so I actually gave up on, on therapy and started working on boats. Um, I know you mentioned some yachting past for yeah, yourself earlier. Tiny <laughs> bit, but if you know, you know. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so I got into yachting. Okay. Um, 
got my captain's license as a sailing captain um, and eventually ended up being in Argentina. And that's where I ended up getting a job as a culture shock therapist for au pairs that were moving to Argentina, Mm. helping them acclimate to the Argentinian culture and their families. And then when they would be going back home, I would help them prepare for reentry culture shock and that next phase of yeah, reintegrating into home life when you've had all these different experiences that have changed who you are, but potentially home has stayed the same. Um, and so there's typically a lot of increase in depression and anxiety and suicide after people have an international experience or an experience that has taken them out of their home experience and they go back home and it's, they've changed, but nothing else has. Yeah. Um, and so through doing that, I needed supervision because um, I was still in my practicum years and found Garcia Labotoni, who's the, at the time, was the president of the International Expressive Arts Therapy Association for South America. And it being mentored by her was, it just like completely opened me up to falling in love with healing again. Um, I got a chance to, she taught experientially, so I got to experience the power of art therapy and experiential therapy for myself and my own healing, and then learned how to provide that for others. And it was basically re-welcoming and inviting the body, our whole body, our whole self back into the healing process. Whereas traditional talk therapy is using, is moving from that thinking brain, that frontal lobe. And oftentimes when you've experienced trauma, your frontal lobe actually goes offline because you're going into that survival brain, that fight, flight, freeze response. And our frontal lobe goes offline. So that way we can take action and keep ourselves safe. And so to talk about something that happened to you when you, when you're at that part of your brain, it wasn't even connected, wasn't even online mm. is almost impossible, if not difficult. And then within a lot of cultures, the things, different trauma experiences are not speakable. And so even just to speak them in general is full of shame and guilt. And so to be able to welcome the whole body back into the healing process and the different forms that cultures for generations have been using arts as expression and connection And so really, basically, it's like going back into how people healed back in the day before therapy was even a thing of being in community, being in nature and express in different forms of expression, whether in the like back in the day, basket weaving and tapestries and Mm -hmm. um, carvings and paintings and being able to reintegrate those and moving and singing. Um, And so it's really taking what. I think our bodies have always known that we need in order to like release those stress hormones and process what's just happened to us. So that way we can move through it and grow in resiliency rather than getting stuck in like this traumatized body. And yeah, it was mind changing or mind blowing for me. And so I ended up coming back to the States to finish up my license and, um, and started doing experiential art therapy. Wow. And something that I, you know, I'm thinking about, as you're saying all of this is how does trauma get held in the body? Because what you're describing is that the frontal lobe shuts off. Mm -hmm. So that thinking brain isn't maybe intaking a lot of this data, but yeah. How does trauma get held in the body? And then how has surfing or being in the ocean help uh, individuals move through that held trauma? There's so much around that. We do like full on like week long workshops (laughs) on how to, on all those pieces, but it's also, (laughs) but it's also really simple. Um, I think our, basically our brains and our bodies are, are doing so much work to keep us safe. And so 
when we can listen to them and attune to them and learn from them, we go, we create this connection between our brain and our body that allows us to grow and thrive and connect and build those resiliencies in our, in our life. And when we disconnect our brain from our body, we are disconnecting ourselves from the ability to actually feel alive and to feel all the range of emotions. And I think for me, that's one of the things that surfing is really powerful in is it brings you into the present moment. And so every little wave is like this little tiny adverse experience or little tiny trauma experience that's coming to you. And you look at it, you see it coming and you choose how you want to interact with it. And your endorphins, your stress hormones are kicking up. You're like, ooh, here comes this wave. All that energy is starting to build in your body. And then the wave comes and passes and you choose, like, am I going to duck dive it? Am I going to turtle? I'm going to turn around and surf it. Maybe I'm going to fall. Maybe I'm going to catch the wave of my life. I have no idea, but I'm going to go for it and see what happens. And our body has this full experience of feeling the, the power of the wave, feeling the power of our body, the smells, the textures, the like, the light dancing off the wave and the colors and then that wave passes and our body gets a chance to, if we fall, it literally like shakes our body and shakes out those stress hormones that we're just building up in the body to allow us to be able to take off on the wave and make those quick decisions and go for it or pull out. And it gives us this opportunity to just really build resiliency. And so in life, oftentimes when the, like as a wave comes, as a trauma experience comes, Oftentimes it sideblinds us. Like we don't even see it coming. It hits us from behind. We're not looking at it. So we never get that opportunity to make the choice of how we want to handle it. And so trauma itself robs us of our, our capacity for intimacy, our capacity for trust, control, power, connection. And I feel like every little wave in the ocean gives us this opportunity to kind of rebuild that and relearn it and to feel that as well. Um, So everything from the ocean providing a sense of presence, all of your senses are online when you get in the ocean. Just thinking about the ocean, you don't even have to be in the ocean, but if you just think about it, you can already be like, oh, I can, like, I can remember how it tastes when I get salt water in my mouth or the texture of the water or the temperature of the water or the pull of the water and the sound of the ocean, Mm -hmm. the smell of the salty air. And so just thinking about it triggers all those sensate stored memories in our bodies and that's being alive yeah when our whole body is when our sensates are open to receiving the life in this present moment that's being alive and our trauma experiences are constantly bringing us into the past and bringing us into like i just smelled chocolate chip cookies and because that smell was taking place during the time of a trauma traumatic incident now chocolate chips cookies bring up a whole bodily reaction that doesn't have anything to do with chocolate chip cookies. But all of a sudden I feel myself sweating or my heart starts beating faster or I stop breathing or I find myself getting really rigid. And it's not the chocolate chip cookies that did anything wrong. It's that that smell is, is partnered with a traumatic incident. And so just smelling it can bring us into the past. Yeah. Whereas the ocean gives us this opportunity to come back into the present moment and to feel alive, to feel connected. The ocean isn't just for one emotion. People go to people for generations have gone to the ocean to grieve and to celebrate and to be angry and ragey as well as to be joyful. And so the ocean holds capacity for the whole human experience mm-hmm. rather than this emotion's good and this emotion's bad, but rather all of it 
is just part of being alive. And if we give ourselves permission to feel it and to connect with it and then to also share that with others and have it be seen, like have ourselves be seen in that emotion by others, then it kind of just normalizes so much of what it means to be human that I feel like our current culture continually tells us that we, like, you can't be angry. You can't, like, you have to hide your grief or these different things. And the ocean just holds this space for us to feel all of it. Mm. So well said. Yeah, it's beautiful. It really is. I mean, it's this magical place that has the capacity to hold us in, in all of the emotions that might come up. I, um, it's interesting. I think about it and connecting. I do this a lot with yoga, but um, I just did a recent yin training, which is kind of the yin to the yang. Yep. Um, so the slower movements, the moon versus the sun. But we were learning a lot about held emotion just in general in the body, which can also look when we start to understand myofascia, the connective tissues essentially um, of the body and how, especially with certain emotions, like if someone, you know, had something like sorrow, grief, like shoulders might close in and certain, the body will hold itself in certain ways and how actually through yoga, for example, which is a movement and surfing can be seen in this way as well, but that movement can actually allow you to move through emotions as well which is extremely powerful. Um, for example, you know, in my past, I've had a really hard breakup and I was just so heartbroken and I went to yoga classes and of course my teachers knew that and, you know, they checked in that I was ready for, for it, but heart opening mm -hmm. movements, which was actually really hard. So I was like bawling in class just because of the movement of having to open up the chest instead of closing down into grief. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I'm thinking, and I'm sure that there is something with the ground soul community project, but in regards to when these emotions come up, how is it, how does one address the emotions that come up during surf therapy? Cause I'm sure that they do. Yeah, they yeah. definitely do. And that's the, I like to consider ground soul surf therapy as more of a presencing, like a presencing group rather than a processing group. Okay. And so as emotions do come up, Rather than like at times it's important to tell, to speak the story of why that emotion's coming up and what, and, but even as you speak the story, it's bringing you into the past. Mm, okay. And so as the emotions come up, giving yourself permission to actually feel them in the present moment mm. and to notice like, oh my, like my heart feels tight. My throat is tightening up. My eyes are getting red or hot. Um, my, I feel my hand shaking. And so like really noticing like, Ooh, what is my body doing right now in this experience of this emotion and allowing it to be held and seen and honored. And so we do a lot of, um, kind of naming where we're at. And so we use, I am statements and we do three of them to start off each group. And so it's rather than being like, Oh, I'm sad today or I'm depressed today. Yeah. It's like, I am, I am depressed and I'm also here. Yeah. And I can also feel my feet on the sand and I'm also in community. And so being able to see, I love how you bring up the yin and the yang and that kind of like the duality that yeah. life holds. And we all have those dualities within us. And so we can be working through depression and experiencing depression in our life. And we can also catch a wave and feel like a little tiny moment of joy. And within the positive psychology theory that we come from, um, they see how as you, like you have an experience and let's say you catch a, you're struggling with depression, you feel that little moment of joy in a wave. And, and then as you continue to catch more waves and feel that more and more, it goes from like, oh, I just had this experience where I experienced joy. 
a tiny, tiny little bit of joy to like, oh my gosh, I'm experiencing it on a regular basis through surfing. And so, yes, I am, I struggle with depression, but I can also have the capacity to be, to be joy and to experience joy in this life. And then as that continues to grow, you recognize that this is actually something that's true about me, that I am, I am joy. I am joyful. Yeah. That's something that I have capacity for. And then you want to go out and give that to others and share that with, with those who are around you. And so it's this full cycle of moving from like this one label, this one traumatic experience that and label or um, mental illness or whatever it is that has been put on us as that's all who you are. But really being able to say like, yes, that this is something that's true about you and what else is true about you? Because the ocean doesn't see those different labels or those different traumatic experiences that kind of categorize us in this culture. Mm. We're just full humans in the ocean. And so it's the invitation to acknowledge, acknowledge the labels and also explore and see like, who else am I aside from just this one label? And I think with the body stuff, there's... There's so many different pieces um, that surfing naturally does. Yeah. Um, and it's been really fun as we've been working with different professionals in different fields from OT to PT to chronic pain around um, what they're noticing in the bodies that are, have been more and more common lately. And then getting to work with them on research with surf therapy to get to see like ooh, what's happening in these surf therapy spaces because people are noticing shifts. Hmm. And now it's like, why? Why is this shift happening? And so everything from like pelvic floor work, uh, oftentimes women who have experienced some form of sexual violence experience a lot of struggle, like a lot of pain and, and tightness in their pelvic floor. And when you're sitting on a surfboard, you're literally like you ha- you're having to sit open oh. and you're doing these micro little movements to create balance when the waves are coming as you're sitting on the board waiting for your waves. And it's similar to the PT that they're doing for pelvic floor work. And so it's fascinating. You're like, oh, all these little things. Because I worked in women's health Mm -hmm. and worked with women with trauma. And yeah. um, Yeah. Wow. It's like so simple. It's like when you say it, I'm Mm -hmm. like, "Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah. Wow. But totally amazing. Mm -hmm. What other, I mean, now I'm curious, but um, is there more kind of stuff that's been coming up as well as the public floor? Yeah. Well, even so EMDR is a form of trauma healing therapy that's been become more and more common recently. Yeah. And it's all about rapid eye movement and uh, like right brain, left brain stimulation. And when you're paddling, you're doing right brain or you're doing right, left, right, left with each paddle. And so you're doing that bilateral stimulation, activating the neurons between the, between the two sides of the brain. And so one of the practices that we've started integrating in is welcoming in Um, like your new agreement. And so all of us walk around the world with these old agreements that maybe someone has told us as we were a kid or because of something that happened to us when we were younger, this is how we see ourselves in the world now, which maybe it served a purpose for a time to help keep us safe and to help us be able to find love and the attention that we needed and the support that we needed, but potentially doesn't support us anymore. Um, And so being able to, we shift that old agreement into welcoming in a new agreement. So something like, I don't belong to I do belong or I'm not enough to I'm, I'm, I'm enough. Yeah. And as you paddle out doing the bilateral stimulation, the cross like paddle left, paddle, right, paddle left, paddle, right. And in your mind's voice or in your voice that I am enough, I'm enough, I'm enough. I belong, I belong, I belong. And it starts to actually integrate into the brain um, and starts literally shifting 
the way we we show up in the world and the way that we're paddling out and practicing, not just out in the ocean, but also back on land. And so it's such simple little like brain science and body science that we're naturally doing when we're surfing that with a little bit of intentionality, it can just be like that much more potent and powerful. Yeah, I know. That's, it's so interesting that it's, it's an intentionality key, key, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you start to once you know it's a tool that you can utilize, mm -hmm. it's like, well, yeah, hell yeah. Let's yeah like, we're already let's, doing it. Hey, let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's like maximize it. Mm -hmm. Like, um, cause that's a mantra I actually, I guess when I teach yoga is I'm like, you know, if you can't think of anything, like I'm enough mm -hmm. and, but to incorporate it through the left and right brain and mm -hmm. really kind of integrating it, like you said, um, brilliant. Now I was thinking about this just kind of side tangent, but where did the name come from? Groundswell. Yeah. Mm. Um, a combination of things all kind of weaving together. Um, I mean, the, a groundswell is what makes waves. And yeah. so it is that big force, that energetic force that's moving through the ocean from like that hundreds of miles away yeah. that eventually reaches land and creates these like solid, consistent waves and so the idea of as we come together and do our healing work, we're also healing our community and we're healing the earth. And as we heal the earth, we're healing our community, we're healing ourselves. And so as more and more women are paddling out for their own mental health, they're coming back to shore and creating waves within their communities, within their families, within the world of change and healing. And so us being that that groundswell, that deep upwelling, mm. that big energetic shift that the world needs towards like really being alive again. And so that's the, the groundswell and being able to, I think there's this, this beautiful, this beautiful element of earth and water and how they hold each other and support each other and create life together. And so to be able to have a word that incorporates both earth and water as well, um, felt yeah. important to kind of have both in there. Yeah. I love that. Um, it's funny when I thought about it, I was like, that's what I almost felt. That was the, what mm -hmm. where it was coming from, um, building upon each other and, and kind of that domino effect. Mm -hmm. Um, right. In order to come to the table, you have to fill up your own cup. Yep. And so kind of finding that inner healing to then therefore have the ripple effect and mm -hmm. it grows from there. Um, and it, you've used, and you've said it uh, quite a bit so far, but can you go into more of the concept of community within the surf program, surf therapy program of Groundswell Community Project is in the name. In the name. Um, <laughs> but yeah. What, um, how is community a part of that therapy? Um, yeah. If you can elaborate on that. Yeah. I mean, I think, Community is an essential part of healing. Um, and today's traditional therapeutic model and medical model, we do a lot of things isolated. We birth isolated, we die isolated, we heal isolated. Mm -hmm. And to be able to welcome community back into that healing process helps destigmatize the process of healing and recognizing that, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one that's going through this. When I was in private practice, I felt like I was all my clients we're going through similar things, but feeling extremely alone and isolated in it and lacked community support. And so therefore, as a therapist, you're holding this, this container for them that they're not getting anywhere else. And so it's not, it didn't feel sustainable to yeah. be meeting with people and them forming this relationship and relying just on the therapist for their mental health when 
ideally they're getting it from their community, from their families, from the earth and from their own bodies. And so to be able to hold these, these therapeutic sessions in that community space shifted this dynamic or this relationship piece from the client and the therapist to actually the client and the community. And so a lot of our, like we have an eight, our, it's an eight week model. And so it's the same group of women for like every Monday evening for eight weeks that come together. And at the end of those eight weeks, it's really the invitation like that. We've prepared you and set you up and given you the tools to be able to continue accessing the ocean, whether it's through surfing or swimming or body bodyboarding or just walking alongside of it. You've developed an ocean relationship and you have a whole community to keep doing it with. Yeah. And so they don't, need us anymore and so that's really the whole goal is that you don't actually need the therapist (laughs) or the surf coach to be able to hold that space for you have everything you need already within you and around you to be able to continue accessing it for the rest of your life um and I've had a number of of people be like hey can you do individual I was like yeah I can but like the community element is so important to me and it's how the world, when you look into nature, animals aren't individualistic. Everything is connected to each other. Everything relies on each other. Like you can't take one one um, one species out and nothing else get Im- impacted or affected by it. Yeah. And so to think that oh, I'm just going to work on like my own personal healing and it doesn't impact anybody else or it that someone else's healing isn't going to impact me. That's just not how we are nature. (laughs) And so that's just not how it works. Um, and so to be able to actually do it within each other teaches us, especially within the trauma, like when you're thinking about trauma informed healing is trauma isolates us. Trauma causes us to lack trust or experiences of lacking trust, lacking intimacy, lacking connection, lacking power. And so to be able to do the healing work within community where you're getting a chance to actually experience trust and experience power, experience intimacy and connection. It goes from just talking about it like, Oh yes, I'm going to work on my trust to actually experiencing in your body, what it feels like to be trusted and to also trust others. And so when you experience it, that's when your brain starts shifting and your body starts shifting. Babies learn through experiences, through touching things that are hot over and over and over again until they're like, oh, that's hot. <laughs> and or through falling over and over again until they are able to put their foot in front of them to not fall. And so it's for me, it's it's almost like it's weird to not do it within community when we've been doing it within community and nature is constantly in community all the time. And so to think that we can heal in like an isolated individualized space, it's just not complete. Yeah. I I definitely feel that um, it's interesting when you think about what like what's purposeful or what brings purpose in our life. I always think that when we look at moments of hardship, because to think life is not going to give us hardships is false. It's, just, it's not the case. It's part of life. Yeah, it's part of life. We have suffering and life can be quite hard um, for some more than others. <laughs> but when we can have these mm, moments or experiences in our lives where things click or maybe we found surfing or we found these things that 
bring us back to life mm -hmm. or have had a positive impact in our lives. When we get to actually share that with someone else, I find that that's a huge purpose. It feels purposeful. Um, whether it's just, maybe it's helping someone have food, for, you know, simply as that, but it could be in so many other ways, but like purpose can very much come from that sh sharing of something that has positively impacted you in your life. Um, and it kind of brings back into that community of not feeling isolated. Um, I see that as a nurse as well as people's experiences feel like quite alone, mm -hmm. right? That they don't feel that they have someone else experiencing the same thing. Um, even simply with girls nights, I have this all the time, but we'll come together. And we'll, we'll be just sitting around and be like, oh, you had that experience too growing up? Or, and it just feels good. Like we don't have to have a solution all the time, but just the sharing of, ah, you, you experienced that too. Yeah, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Yeah. And to be even like just seen, heard and honored for yeah. exactly what your experience was versus yeah. it being this like, oh, I just shared. Now they're going to try to fix me or change it or yeah. put a bandaid on it or they're going to have a reaction like I'm I'm crying. And so I, they're going to try to make me stop crying. Yeah. But more of like, it's OK to cry. It's OK to have hard things happen in our lives. And when we can share it with others, we get a chance to be seen, heard and honored in it. And that allows us to start moving through it and with it versus yeah. constantly just bundling it up and pushing it deeper and deeper and deeper, but actually letting the whole, letting the earth and letting the community hold it with you rather than you having to hold it on your own. Yeah, absolutely. Now, and only, you know, I, I always think HIPAA as a nurse, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but as much as you're able to, mm -hmm. but is there a story that um, comes up for you for one of the women um, that have been in your program that you'd like to share or is, you know, if there's been something that strikes you that, or that comes up. Yeah. I mean, there's so many stories. I know. Um, yeah, there's so many from like the first, the first surf therapy session that we put that I put together was with a group of women at generate hope. And so it's a safe house in San Diego that um, provides a place to live and schooling and support and resources for women getting out of sex trafficking and domestic violence. And we were, I was just doing like an art therapy program with them, small group art therapy every week. And as we were moving through it, recognized that like surfing was my art, my art modality for connection and expression. Yeah. And they're like, take a surfing. I was like, ah, that's not, sur that's not art therapy. I'm sure that there's some ethical or legal thing around it. And bringing them, but then eventually like everything just lined up and we were able to bring them to the beach and the, the women who, like I'd been working with them for weeks in that art therapy space, in that more traditional, like four wall therapeutic space. Yeah. And there was resistance. There was like, like as you're speaking on the different body things, like closed arms, yeah. crossed arms, um, that protective stance where they're like hovering down and in um, to like not communicating with each other and just like so much um, numbness that was happening in the space. Yeah. And then we get them into the ocean and most of them didn't even stand up, but they felt alive yeah. and they felt joy and they were cheering each other on oh. and to see those relationship connections happening and women coming out of the water saying that that was the first time they had felt joy since they don't know when they can't wait to bring their daughter to come and experience this with them. So wanting to share it with others mm -hmm. to, I felt powerful and strong in my body today. And I, my body has always been something that's been sexualized and used. Yeah. And so just like such little, little things that are huge. Um, 
to one of our sessions in OB. One of the women um, that had come, she like pulled me aside before sessions before sessions started, and she's like, "Hey, I'm going through stuff. I need to make sure that this space is gonna like I'm gonna be safe, and that you're like." are you an actual therapist or what is this? Like, yeah. is this just a surf lesson or like, how am I, how am I going to be safe and held because yeah. I'm going through it right now. And so we talked through it and told her, yes, I am a therapist and this is how we hold the space and all the different things to support you in it. And she ended up going through the program and then became a volunteer mm-hmm. and then started facilitating our waves of grief programs. And, is now creating art out of surf, out of recycled surfboards to be able to express her connection to the ocean and was able to go off different medications during her time in ocean because ocean became her medicine, her medicine. And so it's just, I feel like from the, from the eight week programs, it's really like it, I feel like surfing is kind of just like the sexy thing that helps people show up. Yeah. <laughs> but what it, what it grows into is, like this groundswell of change that really is rippling into their families and into their relationships and into their work. And a lot of the women end up having career shifts or relational shifts or um, deciding to like show up in the world and as a more fuller expression of themselves and end up sharing their love for the ocean with their, with their daughters and with their sons. And so it's, you can tangibly see how it goes from a group of women all showing up individually just for themselves to them showing up for each other and then to them showing up for the communities and then to them showing up for the earth. And it's just this natural progression that happens and everyone does it differently because that's that piece that um, I think the ocean holds a mirror up to for us to kind of like see ourselves and realize the things that the ways that we're similar and the ways that we're different and how when we celebrate and honor those, those differences as well as the similarities we get to show up in the world in a way that nobody else can. And our beauty is a beauty that each individual's beauty is something that's unique and special and nobody else can do that. And when we're constantly trying to like box that up in a way that the culture wants us to do it in the world's missing out on who we are and how we can make impacts in the world and in our relationships and our families and community. And so it's just, yeah, there's just like endless stories of all these women coming in (laughs) and just, and, pro- and things that I don't even know because yeah. it just trickles into all different areas of life. Yeah. And it seems I even, uh, you know, the longer I've been teaching yoga, the more I've got to see that growth over time. And it's, it's extremely special. Mm-hmm. So especially with that first group, I can see and the individual you're talking about just being able to see that um, transition to kind of how that medicine has affected her and altered her life and got her to where she is now and what she's doing now, which is a really beautiful um experience to get to witness at least from your end I can imagine mm-hmm. um and you know I've heard you say this a couple times it's my medicine as well but it, it was also your medicine that was kind of the original mm-hmm. um reason as to why you kind of transitioned from like hey art that's great but like let's try and get you guys in the water mm-hmm. um but yeah how has um surfing been your medicine or like how has the community showed up for you in your past like where did it you know, where did it all begin, I guess, in regards to surfing? Was it always, did you enter it from also space of wanting to heal or did it start elsewhere? I'm trying to think. I'm like, when did it begin? Like, I feel like it's my entire, my entire <laughs> life. Um, I mean, it's a journey that has continually been unfolding. Um, 
and even at this point, I get nervous saying like, ooh, in five years, this is where it will be. Yeah. Because I feel like every time I'm like, ooh, this is what, I, what I'm dreaming towards and what I want to see happen. And then something more radical happens that I couldn't have even dreamed of because my brain capacity isn't, wasn't yeah. even like capable of dreaming that wild. Um, and so, I mean, surfing for me started off when I moved, my family moved to LA when I was 10 and in middle junior high, high school. So I was like 14, 15. Um, my, I had a bunch of guy friends that were on the water polo team and asked them to take me surfing with them. Yeah. And they gave me a little short board. My dad drove us. Great one to start off. Yeah. On. <laughs> <laughs> we paddled out at Leo Creo, which was all just like pebbly. It was, I don't even, I think I just blacked out. I don't even remember really anything besides just being embarrassed that my dad was there and he was wearing a Speedo and, so, oh. and goggles. And, <laughs> and I got, dads are so yeah, they did a great, they did a great job. <laughs> he nailed the dad, the dad thing. Um, and but I was hooked. Yeah. And I think for me, my journey with surfing has constantly kind of reflected where I've been at in my life as well. Mm. Um, like at that point, surfing was a way to find home in LA. LA was really difficult, a really difficult move for me. I felt like I was leaving all my community, all my family, the places that I felt safe and at where home you, at. Where were you moving from? I'm originally from North Carolina. Oh, okay. Um, and I have family in South Carolina and Tennessee. And then, and yeah, so LA was just like this big city (laughs) and wildness. And I went from being able to like bike to school and all my, I knew all my neighbors and played after school and just had so much independence to all of a sudden being in LA where like it wasn't safe to go outside and you had to be driven everywhere and nature was hard to access. And so, so yeah, I feel like surfing kind of gave me this sense of home in Los Angeles uh, that I hadn't experienced there yet. And it went from something that I did to like find home in LA to in college, I really surfed by myself a bunch. It was kind of my place to like de-stimulate. <laughs> I've yeah. like being in the dorms and all the, all the social stuff. It was my spot to like get away and just like be reconnect with my own energy and my own self again. And then, and I didn't really have a lot of girlfriends that surfed. And so it was either like I surfed with a bunch of guy friends or I surfed by myself. Um, and then as I started shifting into teaching surfing, and so I worked for a nonprofit for young girls, as well as a couple surf schools, started seeing like, oh, this is a space that I can like support others and help others to learn how to do it and, and enjoyed that that teaching piece and holding space for others. And then that turned into Groundswell Community Project and having this whole community of women that I'm surfing with on a regular basis. And I forget sometimes I'll still paddle out by myself every once in a while. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm the only woman out here. I forget that this is a thing to like paddle out. And there's not like 10 other women that are just like hooting and hollering and cheering Uh each other on. And so it's been, I feel like I've almost created the world that I would like to see everybody else experience, um, where the ocean is a place of connecting of, um, of art and expression of equality and like what happens in the ocean, like trickles into how we interact and support each other on land and a space where, cause I remember 
like in the, in my early years of surfing, paddling out and being, there'd be like one other woman out there and feeling this pressure of like, oh my gosh, I have to like prove myself. I know. That I'm I good. What's well, still happens sometimes with <laughs> the only uh, one and you're yeah. like, I gotta like, do this for the yeah. <laughs> I gotta show up. Like I'm yeah. the only other one out here. Like I gotta prove myself yeah. rather than this like camaraderie of like, yeah, we're out here. Yeah. Like let's cheer each other on and stoke each other up and be yeah. pumped that there's another girl out here. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, those dynamics. And that's an, a similar dynamic I've never worked in the corporate space, but having friends that do work in the corporate space and hearing their stories, it sounds like that's a similar dynamic that happens in the corporate space between women. Mm. Is this like competitive, like, ooh, I gotta like be bigger or better, I gotta prove myself, versus like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're finally here. And so having that, like noticing how can that dynamic feed into how we're interacting back on land and how if we're changing what the lineup looks like and feels like, we're also changing how we're interacting in the office place and in our home spaces and in the community. Um, so yeah, I think, and I went from like traveling by myself always to now traveling with, with friends and being able to share that with others. And I think both are important. Um, and we all have different seasons and each season is important as well. And so who knows what the next season will be (laughs) for me, but I, there's this, power of community that is reflected in nature and if we can really show up for community and as community in the sea then we're getting a chance to like practice out in these little mini situations and then being able to bring that back on land and it makes it not feel so intimidating to be able to say hi and stoke someone up when you're I don't know at the office. <laughs> Absolutely. And it just reminds me sometimes, especially when the days are bigger mm-hmm. and you feel like that group, especially if you know them, if it's like your local mm-hmm. break, um, but it's, it's chaotic, it was mm-hmm. hectic, it was big. Everyone's got like got the nerves thing going, but afterwards you're, you know, back on land and you're like, wow, we just went through some shit together. Mm-hmm. Like it feels this like a communal experience of just like getting through it together. Um, which I absolutely love. And I do think there's a level of connection that that it brings because oh, of that shared experience. And mm-hmm. cause then you're out there, you're like kind of, you know, you're helping each other. Cause you, you know that that energy in the water can be heightened in those moments. And when someone's charging, you're like, yes, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but it's beautiful. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now that makes me think in regards to a few things that you mentioned, um, how has female surfing evolved? from your perspective, through your lens, because I think you went to college here, right? Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. listening to another podcast of yours. Yeah. but Because um, you talked about there was not a lot of women in the water, that you're alone, um, and that you've kind of created this environment, the world of which you'd like to see. Um, but yeah, have you noticed any kind of evolution just from your perspective of, of female surfing specifically? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like female surfing has just blown up over the last couple of years from there actually being women's heats for big wave surf contests to the fight for like equal prize money and sponsorships for women Mm -hmm. um, to, I mean, you even see it in target bathing suits that they're selling at target are more like crafted for bodies that are actually moving versus just a a bathing suit that's going to fall off as soon as a wave hits you. Um, And so I feel like there is this cultural shift to, recognizing that women are active and are engaged and are doing things out in the world and in the sea. And so like fashion has shifted accordingly to that as well. Yeah. Um, and it's been really cool to get to see 
like all the women, women surfers that have started their own little businesses to support women surfing from being able to create swimsuits that are more body positive to um, like upcycled fashion to be able to save the sea. And so this consciousness that has grown from, from women surfing and turning it into art, turning it into environmentally conscious businesses into like the, all the surf clubs that are women focused around the world right now. And so it's, I feel like when women just are able to bring this, um, like the, the art, the yin <laughs> into I the know, ocean. I was just about to say. <laughs> it's the, the non-aggressive side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, I think that's big. like surfing traditionally and Hawaiian culture was yeah. about connecting to the gods. Mm-hmm. and deities and then in Africa it was about like women were the ones that were out surfing as part of courting and in, in Peru at back in 500 AD they were surfing to be able to share cultural knowledge and so to surfing hasn't been a sport or something that people are competing in in that way up until this recent culture mm-hmm. and it wasn't something to be consumed but rather something to like connect you to to all that's bigger than you. And so to hold, see like kind of this duality again of surfing as an art, as well as a, as a sport, as a place of yen and of yang, um, and how to like have those coexist in a really beautiful way where one doesn't dominate over the other. Um, but really they, they work together, I think is something that surfing is constantly teaching me. I know I actually, my first yen experience was because I, was going through a breakup yeah. and my, um, and I had just gone out and done like a three day kayaking thing. I was just like powering through and yeah. like getting it out yeah. and, um, went to an art therapy conference and was doing the art stuff and my whole hand seized up because every, there's like just so much movement yeah. to just still stack stillness. And one of the ladies there was like, you should go to my acupuncturist. I was like, I've never gone to an acupuncturist. I'm away from home. Sure, I'll give it a try. Yeah. And went to the local community clinic and the needles were just like popping out of my skin. No way. <laughs> and he like couldn't get oh. them to stay in. Whoa. And I was like, and he's like, dude, have you cried recently? I was like, no. He's like, maybe you need to cry. And it was oh. like, woo, all coming out. And yep. he was like, your shell is so hard. You're like holding so much and keeping yourself so safe. Yeah. I wonder what it would be like if you just like let yourself be a little bit tender and a little bit more soft and squishy. Yeah. And so he suggested that I go to Yen. Um, and it's interesting because my experience, like when I went to Yen, I was like, oh, this is going to be like, I heard it's like feminine and, and like softer, but it's freaking hard. It is literally <laughs> so hard. Anyone that hasn't done it, honestly, like it's because especially, um, I mean, surfing, it's a lot of movement. And mm-hmm. if you're someone, I'm like this, I used to be a runner. Like I just run shit out. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going through stuff, I'm running. Mm-hmm. And like, even to the point of injury, like I'll just like, I just want to move it out. Right. But then to have to sit still and have to witness your mind mm-hmm. <laughs> and the discomfort and the fidgeting and everything that wants to come up. It's like truly almost not just physically dis- discomforting, but mentally. Yeah. It's maddening almost. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I get that for sure. Oh, it's such a, and I feel like it was such a beautiful practice because there is this, um, I feel like the eighties, nineties culture around surfing is just like hardcore extreme, yeah. like push yourself to the limit. Kind of like punk rock. Yeah. Of, punk yeah. rock. Um, and just like, go, 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 go. Yeah. And then to 
have surfing now, there's this elegance and playfulness mm-hmm. and danciness that comes in surfing now. And like even the st- the type of music in a lot of surf movies are d- is different than the punk rock music. Yeah, um, and true. so there's like this cultural shift that's happening as people are going from like slaying or slaying waves to dancing with the ocean and connecting with the ocean. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's that. Yeah. And it can feel uncomfortable. It can feel like, especially in our culture, that's just like, go, go, go to go and just sit (laughs) and not move and deal with the discomfort rather than just like, Oh, this is uncomfortable. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to get away from it, but just sit in it and learn from it. And I think that for me is what Groundswell Surf Therapy is really all about is rather than trying to get away from all the things that are difficult, just take a moment to sit in it yeah, and notice it and learn from it rather than shame it or guilt it away. And so, yeah, that invitation just to like be with it. Absolutely. If you're ready to get out of it, sit like for just a couple seconds longer <laughs> and notice what it can teach you. And you can always get out of it, but you can also like, choose to see what it would be like to sit with it a little bit more and see what you can learn from it. Yeah. And it's such a therapeutic communication style to say it that way, but even the acupuncturist that said mm-hmm. it, like, what would it feel like to cry mm-hmm. or release this? Mm-hmm. It's a really quite a safe way to word that. Cause you're just like, what would it feel like? Mm-hmm. Cause in so many ways, like you said, like we're, you know, how often are we really allowed to have that space of, of feeling the emotions that can sometimes be thought of as like, oh, well, you're broken or, you know, there's something wrong with me to have these emotions that are always like the everything's great, almost positive toxicity kind yep. of yep. situation. So, um, yeah, it's quite important to have that ability to just to feel. And I think that's really neat that that the Groundswell Community Project has that ability to just allow you to feel what's coming up because the ocean really does bring up so much. Sometimes stuff that, you know, we didn't even realize was there. Yeah. Yeah. And we've actually had a number of women that have reflected how their experience with surf therapy, like things got harder rather than easier because stuff was coming to the surface and dreams were being activated. Memories were being activated as their body was like going from rigid and held and safe to, oh my gosh, I'm challenging myself. I'm like, my hips are being moved around in the ocean in a different way than I normally do. And I'm literally like taking up space with my body when I pop up on a board and being able to feel what that feels like to be vulnerable and take up space in the world. Um, And so it is this this piece of being with it. Um, And like one of our practices is to, as after someone shares oftentimes in groups, People want to hop in and be like, oh, I have a story that's similar or I have a solution for you or this is how you could fix it. And rather than hopping into how can we put our voice or our story or our way of saving it into the into the bowl, but really just sitting there and we do it's waves of love. But it's we, we send out waves of love from our heart to that person and just hold silence. But with with our body communicating like I hear you, I see you. And I honor you. And then they get a chance to be able to just sit there and receive it. And so just this, it's like a simple embodiment of giving and receiving and how both are essential and both are really important. And it shifts from this place of people are broken and need fixing to we're all in this, in this world, in this life, and we're giving each other the opportunity to actually feel it and experience it rather than trying to fix it or run away from it. Yeah. 
You know, and that's extremely powerful to have that. It's it's creating the ability to also hold space mm-hmm. and silence. Yin, it really is part of that. Yeah, it's a huge yin practice in a lot of ways mm-hmm. to, to not say something even though you want to help the person. Yeah, and it feels like you know you're like oh I want to say something or like you know um, do. We're always like kind mm-hmm. of in that doer's state. So to be able to put that down and really help the person feel empowered, like you said, mm-hmm. it's really important. Now switching gears a little bit. Yeah. I mentioned this to you before because I always like to kind of give a little heads up, but um, I asked this of everyone, mm-hmm. but is there time or experience that you've experienced great fear in the water for yourself? So much. <laughs> uh, so much. Every time I've had a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there was a whole, like when I shifted from going from, I, my first surfboard was a seven, six Ellington got in San Diego and I was just like the love of my life. (laughs) (laughs) She was yellow and cute. Mm -hmm. And uh, I surfed the cliffs on her for like all four years of university. Nice. Um, And we just like, she just like, she wanted me to catch waves. We just had like such a good rhythm together. And then I was like, but I want to be able to surf different types of waves. I want to be able to like surf a shore break, a beach break and be able to like maneuver and do different things. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go shorter and got myself a shortboard. And the first year and I'd ended up the, my Ellington broke. And so I like, couldn't use her. I didn't have that safety. (laughs) Basically it was like, I bought my shortboard and then for the next six months, I just just never surfed it because I loved my other board so much. And then she finally was like, "Mm -mm, you got to do this. And so she broke and was on had my shortboard for about a year. I didn't catch anything because I was experiencing that fear of basically like the spot that I needed to be in the wave to be able to catch it on that shorter board. If I had been on my seven, six, that would have been like, I was going to be purling every single time. And so I just wouldn't let myself get into that spot. I could like feel my whole body tense up. My brain would be like, no, 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 no. You're going to wipe out. You're going to wipe out. You're going to wipe out. And I was fine. I wasn't like, yeah. I was exactly where I needed to be, but my brain and my body were like, uh, 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 like just that intense, um, almost like the, the pause response. Like I just froze every time and I would pull out. And one of my girlfriends, um, that I would surf with, she's like, now like, what's going on? I was like, I just like, I'm in the spot. And as soon as I start to feel the energy of the wave, my body just freezes and I have to pull out. Like I can't, I can't drop in. Yeah. And she's like, how about embrace the fall? And just like the, your first wave, paddle out and know like your first wave, you are going to fall. You're, the point of that wave that you're paddling into is to fall. Yeah. And so by preparing for the fall, inviting the fall, all of a sudden I was surfing again. <laughs> yeah. And so it's this, and it's something that I notice in myself and in a lot of different areas of when I'm, when I fear something, I try so hard to not let it happen. And I'm also almost like limiting what is possible because I'm so afraid of this, like one tiny little thing that could happen, even if it's not a big deal. Like most, most of the time out of all I've surfed since I was 14, 15, I'm 38. I've had zero bad injuries. Yeah. <laughs> like little bumps and scrapes yeah. and stuff like that. But, and I've fallen a ton. Yeah. And so you can fall and you're going to be okay. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that surfing has continually taught me. We actually have a whole session all about falling as part of our eight weeks is inviting the fall, welcoming the fall. Cause when you're falling, you're actually, you're going for it. You're challenging yourself 
you're teaching yourself that you can overcome something, you can fall and still be okay. And that falling is actually part of the process of growth. And if we never fall, then we're actually stunting ourselves from living the life that we could live because we're constantly keeping ourselves from, from going for it. Um, and so, and it's, that still comes up for me at times. I'll be starting to notice like, Oh, I'm just like backing out of every wave. What's going on. I'm like, okay, next wave. I'm committing to the fall. (laughs) I'm committing to failing. And most of the time I actually catch the wave and it's like an epic wave and one of the best waves of the day because I'm actually in the spot that I need to be. But yeah, I think that noticing when my body starts getting that fear response or like the rapid thoughts of like, you can't do it. You can't do it. Oh my gosh, it's too big. Like all those rapid thoughts starting to fire my heart be going faster. I hold my breath. My body gets more rigid and I get timid and I start having those phrases of like, Oh, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. And then I just, I'm like, okay, here I am. I've been here before. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to invite the fall and just go for it. And sometimes you go over the falls and it's fine. And then you just, it shakes you up and you realize like, even when, when I do do the fall and actually fall, I'm like, Oh, that wasn't that bad. The way of, held me down. I felt the bottom. I got all turned around, but I'm here. I'm fine. I'm still connected. I'm still alive. I'm going to go out and get another one. And then it becomes less and less scary as it comes. Yeah. It's like taking control of just like relinquishing control Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I, I have the same issue. I like always gravitate towards my nine, six actually mm-hmm. at the cliffs. And it's a totally different way of getting into the wave. Mm-hmm. You're a lot more like you come in at it a lot sooner or mm-hmm. a lot um, before it is actually breaking. Yeah. Whereas like when you're on a shorter board, you're like in it, you're like mm-hmm. in the belly of it practically is what it mm-hmm. feels like. And um, yeah, it's interesting. I feel the exact same way. Um, there's just like this resistance of, having to fall when and I'll have the same talk where I'm like okay just let yourself fall Mm -hmm. and then you realize oh my god it wasn't actually that bad yeah I'm here (laughs) all the worst things that didn't actually happen um and I feel like people in the lineup get more upset if you back out yes than if you just charge and go for it and if they if you fell if you fall they're like dude you went for it that was epic exactly awesome wipeout yeah whereas if you back out they're like oh you let that perfect wave go and people get bummed that like this wave passed and you had the opportunity to go for it and you didn't and so i because i always get like the like oh i'm in other people's way they're going to be upset and actually they get more upset if you don't go for the fall <laughs> it's so true and then like it's so interesting watching the mind now i'm like my mind chatters so loud mm-hmm. sometimes in the water which is interesting because i know for some people it's very quieted by mm. being out in the water and i'll have those moments but yeah especially when i get into those fear states of you know maybe it's a little bit bigger i'm on a board that i'm not normally used mm-hmm. to and things are looking different the talk that'll come in it's so like bad it's almost mm-hmm. that roommate the mind talk that you're just like this roommate sucks like they need to be evicted <laughs> like come on talk a little bit better to yourself because yep. yeah it's interesting because if you go for it and you wipe out there's also sometimes i'll have it where i'm like great now i look like a kook and mm-hmm. no one's gonna let me go on the next one <laughs> or you miss it and you're like oh my god i like went and took didn't get a wave and like now the wave is like not ridden but um it's kind of an interesting thing to also witness that awareness when I'm doing that. Cause mm-hmm. I'll bring that in sometimes as well and just be like, all right, like chill, like you're okay. You're in a good space. And to kind of allow that time in the water to like witness how we can kind of reevaluate the way we talk to ourselves in the water. Cause yeah. sometimes it is not pretty, at least for no, me. It's so. not, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. And I think that's where the ocean is like this little incubator 
yeah. when we have when we bring in that awareness to be able to recognize like ooh these are the things that are happening with me but so for this next wave I'm going to try out something different yeah and you have this it's a little time frame yeah. just to try it out see what works what doesn't work and then that wave passes and you'd be like oh that was interesting that felt great or that was awful I'm not going to do that again and then you have another little wave that comes yeah and so it's giving you like all these little micro experiences and opportunities to try doing it differently yeah and to practice it and I love taking that like that back that back view of being like ooh, interesting like I'm really struggling with falling today and I'm like backing out of everything like what else is going on yeah (laughs) like is this is this similar to things that are happening on land and Mm -hmm. or sometimes it's like I'm just charging so hard on land that I get into the water and my char- like I have zero charge. <laughs> I'm like completely content with just floating and watching other people surf. Yeah, I don't need to catch a single wave because I'm just like, I just the land life has been too like going for it, charge, 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 yeah. and then I just need to like take a moment to float. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah to be able to be like Ooh, interesting, it's different or it's similar, and starting to practice what you want to practice on land, but in the in the waves where you get a chance to, like fall and fail and it's fine people actually get stoked for you (laughs) yeah it's coming back to that kind of experiential learning which is so important Mm -hmm. um and something i don't it just brought the land and the water but i'm so curious because i i know that you've lived on a sailboat for a long time Mm -hmm. do you still have that sailboat (laughs) i do yeah Yeah, micorzon she's um we've tried selling her a couple of times but she just won't leave (laughs) no one no one wants her for as much as her value actually is um but she's up in la my dad's been taking care of her and but we actually got a sailboat donated to groundswell yeah so we have plans with this i know (laughs) oh so many plans um she is a 30-foot newport and she actually has only been owned by women um, which was really cool and i like i want her to be i mean during covid she was our office so that way way. our team could still get together and have a safe outdoor space to be able to meet and do do our office stuff yeah um and from taking like groups of friends out sailing, realizing that so many women, especially in the sailing world, um, learned how to sail through a very, um, like I learned how to sail from my dad. Yeah. And my experience with that was like just being barked at and told what to do, but not really understanding why. And so I'd feel like I don't, I didn't actually learn how to sail until I moved on to Mecora Zone and just had to figure it out by myself. Mm-hmm. Probably the first year I, like I, I had to call vessel assist almost every time I came back in because something went wrong, something <laughs> broke, but I had to learn. Yeah. Um, and I ended up having to like learn how to sail into the slip because the engine kept on breaking so much. And so oh. being able to like be in it and learn through more of experiential versus just like being told this is like, just grab the line and tie it down or whatever. Um, but understanding it and really feeling it. And to be able to teach other women how to sail through that that feeling, that experiential um, way of connecting with the wind and connecting with the sea and being able to yeah. feel when you're in the pocket um, and the power of just like you are you're at the helm and you're moving this this craft through the ocean, through har- through harnessing the wind. It's just something so empowering about it. And there's also like teamwork that goes along with it and being able to communicate. And so I feel like it's such a, like this awesome little 
bubble <laughs> for experiential therapy yeah. um, within that community space. And so my hope is to be able to do more like experiential sailing therapy spaces, yeah. um, everything from like small groups of women to even being able to work with couples in my private practice and do like couple sailing therapy to be able to like work through those communication things. Cause I feel like so much when you're doing talk therapy, like people can say whatever they want to say, yeah. but when you're with them and they're figuring it out together, you get to see it in action. Shit's what's coming wrong. up. And that's the, that's <laughs> exactly. When shit, shit's when shit goes wrong, that's when the adventure begins. Yeah. And that's when you really get to learn and see Absolutely. like the true colors that are yeah. coming up and like actively in that moment, take that, little pause to be like, Ooh, do y'all see what's coming in? Yeah. How do you want to do it differently? How do we want to shift this? Um, and that's the stuff that I love. And so, yeah, my hope, my hope is that she is, um, a vessel for healing as well. Just like the surf therapy and groundswell. Wow. You're doing such incredible work. And I really can start to see that through just so much of the way you're looking at it, like mm -hmm. the outlook of, you know, like you said, with a lot of this in regards to healing and therapy, it's talking is so important, but it's almost the experience of going through what, when things start to come up or you can hear the communication styles or that's when you can realize what there is to even talk about. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the work can start to come in. And I feel like the neural pathways would also understand it a lot better and connect the kind of healing instead of just like you even said, reading one chapter in a book, it's like, well, that's great. And you can kind of understand it from that perspective, but it's different. It feels the connection is far more understood. It's like when you had to be on a sailboat and once it was time for you to figure out when things were going wrong, like that's when things start to click a little bit more. Yeah. So when you're the one that has to actually like go in and, and actually experience what's figure going on. Figure it out. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, um, it's like trying yeah. to describe falling in love with someone that hasn't fallen in love. Ooh. Like you can write about it. You can try to use your words to describe it. But until you've act, like actively experienced it, yeah. you don't know it. And that's how even with our, like we're, Groundswell is the first to be able to provide continuing education units for therapists mm -hmm. and, um, and, and those in their masters towards their license. And we, and we have, it's an edge for a lot of people because I still teach experientially, even within the Zoom space and within like our surf therapy facilitator retreats. It's all experiential based. And so when people are coming in expecting like a traditional training, and I feel like there's so many workshops and trainings now where people are just like consuming information, yeah, but not getting a chance to like actually know it. And yeah. so that's the, the goal for me is as we're doing these trainings is to not just feed people a bunch of information that they can just go and regurgitate, but actually an experience that they deeply know and, and like it feel in their cellular being what it's all about and then being able to take that into their communities and, and being able to hold the space for others. And so it's, yeah, experience. And that's so important too. I, you know, and again with yoga teaching, but my teacher, Nikki, who is on the first episode, but she even says with breath work, for example, don't do something that you have not felt in your body like a hundred times mm -hmm. in regards to breath work. But, you know, it allows that ability, especially for those that are facilitating holding space, like to actually feel things or have felt it from a place of knowing, like mm -hmm. you said. And that's so powerful to be able to also relay it that way instead of saying, well, in the book it says this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Now, um, kind of just ending on this, but what is inspiring you right now in your life? Mm, what's inspiring me right now? 
I think, I mean, I've, so I've been living on a sailboat for the last, since grad school. Oh, you still um, have been. So it's changed. Oh, okay. This is the big I didn't even know that. Happened. Yeah. So I was yeah. on my sailboat starting in grad school. And then in the last three years I've been living, I've been living in Peru um, and was married, just got divorced yeah. and I'm coming back home to San Diego and having earth. I feel like water has been such a big element for me and it's my love language. Yeah. Um, but being able to feel that sense of earth again and spending more time with it and with plants and trees and the soil and getting a chance to learn from it as well. Um, so I think that's been like this, like, yeah, this place of curiosity around what home can feel like in different ways. Mm. Um, cause I've always, home has always been something that, like I feel like I carry within me and it's also around me. And so moving from that, I guess, isolation of home within me into recognizing home is actually the space that I'm in and the people that are around me and how can I cultivate a home that like really allows my nervous system to relax and allows me to feel alive um, and that I can welcome others into as well. And so the, the earth and plants have been like a big inspiration lately and a lot of just like being in awe of what they can do and how they work and um, how they interact with each other. Um, yeah. A new love language. <laughs> love it. Yeah. It's basically being grounded. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, I feel like the sailboat, was it an isolating place to live in a way? Yeah. She taught me how to be by myself. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that her name, like she came with the naming Corazon cause she okay. really taught me how to be with my heart. Yeah. Um, I think before that, like, as I mentioned in, in undergrad, I was, it was just like so much social stimulation. Mm. So I'd go and go surfing to be able to like reconnect with myself and yeah. be alone. Um, and with her, she, she was my first time living by myself. Mm. Um, I didn't have internet on the boat. And so I'd come home and it would just be me. And so I'd have to sit with my thoughts and sit with my, like, there's nothing to do. What am I going to do? And just like learn how to be <laughs> exactly. Just learn how to sit and yeah. enjoy the view and or read mm. a book and just like let, let the thought, the thoughts flow. Um, and when I first moved onto her, it was probably like six months until I actually moved in okay. because I was, I like specifically stayed in a relationship longer because I was so afraid of going home to just me. Wow. Um, yeah. and so she really taught me how to do it in the first handful of months. Every time I'd go home, mm. I would just cry because yeah. it felt so overwhelming just to sit with myself. Um, and so she taught me a lot of how to, and like how to sailor by myself, how to be by myself. Mm. And then I feel like once I was able to come into me and feel that like groundedness in me, it gave me the opportunity to open up, um, and be able to hold community space for others. But I feel like it, like that time for, getting to know me was essential for what came from that. Absolutely. And, and a healing in a way, the isolation oh, yeah. was necessary to heal and come back to yourself. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. But now you get to have grounded yeah. community time. Exactly. Which is exciting. <laughs> and it'll be our community, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which is a lovely one at that. Mm -hmm. But, um, well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And thanks for all the sharing and openness. And we'll put the link in the, um, 
in the episode with her groundswell. Um, but thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the Saltwater Stories, hosted by me, Christine Kent. If you enjoyed this episode, please share and like, follow, and or subscribe to wherever you're listening in today. If you think there are saltwater stories out there worth sharing on this podcast that I've yet to explore, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on my Instagram at the saltwater stories.